from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Obias. Good news for the Carolina Hurricanes. Drama unfolding for the U.S. men's national soccer team. Something that sounds straight out of youth sports programs. Pretty embarrassing in the grand scheme of things. And Big Four Tournament is back for one night, one night only in Raleigh and in Chapel Hill. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? It's brought to you by Geico. you got a choice of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online to geico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest to you. Let's get it. The Washington football team cannot make the playoffs, so they're making another change at quarterback for Does the Ron regular, Rivera know that? For the regular season finale. It will be UNC rookie Sam Howell, the fifth-round pick, will start for the Commanders on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. Howell, amazingly, becomes the eighth <laughs> quarterback in three years to start for Ron Rivera in Washington. You can tell that there's a level of respect for Ron Rivera that he's able to deflect and maybe even go out on his own terms in Washington that he's been able to survive having eight different quarterbacks start during his time. I think he's also had three different team names since he's been with Washington. All along, though, he could have just been playing Taylor Heineke. Yeah, it is a – this is where – where organizational dysfunction this is where organizational dysfunction has to lay at the feet of the owner sometimes Mm -hmm. do you really think that Ron Rivera wants to put Carson Wentz out there in a crucial situation where they expect to win the game like if you ask Ron Rivera who gives you the best chance to win is it Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke I'm kind of with you if Ron Rivera was younger Mm -hmm. that he would just be a good soldier and play the, the quarterback that he was told to play but Ron like R- at this point in his career, like is he really just being Ron, like Ron Rivera has always been a good soldier. That's part. That's okay. why he's so well respected. That's I mean, fair. E- even look, this is a guy who easily could have spoken on Jerry Richardson. Sure. Never forget he did Richardson on three when there were allegations right. about what had happened with workplace misconduct sure. that eventually got Jerry Richardson to sell the team. So he's a company man at the end of the day. Take it from a company man. Who knows? My point is Rivera. I think got pressure just like we had seen in Indianapolis. Who's going to start that kind of stuff. A lot of this stuff comes from the owner. I tie it back to David Tepper and the Carolina Panthers. They had a bridge quarterback literally named Teddy Bridgewater. And rather than go through with the plan, the impatience of the owner got them accelerated into more bad quarterback. That's what I mean by Matt rule being a young coach who could be bullied. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know who knows when the guys are writing the checks. Now, here's the thing about Sam Howell. I, Sam Howell is one of those, I understand that I'm biased because I spent way too much time watching Sam Howell play football and what I saw in his final season with the Tar Heels, given the guys who had left and not being replenished in terms of skill position, the running back. The guy was a gamer. You oh. have that He's a gamer. And there's something to Throws be said. Throws great for, deep balls. Yes, so he I, does. You know, if I'm Washington, whatever incarnation they take next year, I want to see what he looks like Absolutely. in an NFL game for sure. I in the preseason, given the given the situation, I thought it was ripe for Sam Howell to get playing time earlier this year. And I think you had much mentioned that uh, Howell was quoted as saying something to the effect of, "I got to get into football shape." Like he's not. He has, like, yeah, he's like tennis has the. Clip. He's got ramp. He's got to get ramped up for this. Here's Sam Howell. 
on his first start and what the biggest challenge is going to be for him. I think just trying to get up the game speed. You know, I think game speed always is a little different. And I mean, I haven't played a game in, since the preseason, um, but I've been I've been staying locked in mentally um, through the games and trying to play the game from the sideline each and every game. Um, you know, it can be hard at times, but I, I feel like I've done a good job of that all year long. Um, so I feel like I'll be all right. So that's Sam Howell, who's going to get the start for the Washington football team. I'm sorry, the Commanders. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. I feel like the story is right up Gilio's alley because in his time covering various athletic teams, he's had to deal with parents. How many, how many nasty parent emails have you received over your career over something you've written? Um, quite a few. Quite a few, right? Yeah. Now imagine being the U.S. men's national team and getting a call from the parents of Gio Reyna after Greg Berhalter the head coach, who's not under contract right now, went to a leadership conference on December 11th, and he was essentially vague-booking, subtweeting Gio Reyna and why he didn't have as much playing time. So Reyna's parents... I'm, I'm interested to see how you pull this off as a radio professional. In what sense? Because I've read this story, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here going, now, wait a second, who knows who? Okay, so who's married to who? Here's 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 how this story. They all went to Carolina. This is how this story. None of them went to Carolina. What is going on? This is how this this story all unfolded. Earlier this week, Greg Berhalter released a statement out of nowhere on Twitter. He doesn't have a Twitter account. He like got on Twitter. His only tweet was a notes app explanation of something that had occurred 25 years ago while he was in college with his now wife. So on Tuesday. He released a statement. He said that he and his wife, Rosalind, had a domestic violence incident from their time in college during Burhalter's freshman year at UNC. Rosalind's roommate, while at UNC, wait for this, is Gio Reyna's mother, Daniela. All right? So clearly she knew of this incident because they were roomies back in the day. Burhalter outlines, look, this one incident occurred. Uh, it was the worst incident in my life. Uh, the marriage grew stronger from this. I'm paraphrasing the statement, but it, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Also, Burhalter and Claudio Reyna were high school were teammates, high school teammates in New yes. Jersey. Yeah, and Reyna, Claudio Reyna, Gio's father, was a captain for the U.S. men's mm-hmm. national team. So this is a very close-knit like soccer community right down like to soap opera. roommates. Okay? Yeah. Back at UNC. So we get a report today... That And the way that the, the Berhalter uh, tweet read, it, it was like they were blackmailing me. Like somebody was out to get me. They were going to take me down. That was his quote. They yep. were going to take me down during the World Cup. Well, now we get a statement from the U.S. men's national team, U.S. soccer, and we get a statement from Gio Reyna's parents saying, yeah, we did talk to the U.S. men's national team, but not during the World Cup. We brought this to their attention after the December 11th leadership conference comments where he basically dragged Gio Reyna through the mud. And the comment from Daniela, the mother, was that, hey, look, I was upset with how he was talking about Gio. I called somebody within U.S. soccer, and I said, I find it ridiculous. I'm paraphrasing her statement. I find it ridiculous that he's continuing to bring up this Gio thing where Everybody admitted he was being immature about his playing time, and that's why you didn't see him during the World Cup. 
and that he's still talking about it given his own past and how he's moved on and was able to move past all these things, as she put it, which was much, much worse than what my son did during the World Cup stuff. So it's all super, super tight-knit, and it all just reeks of, at some point, the youth parent like mentality has to go away. Like, this is peak. Like, I'm reading this, I'm going... Is this a youth sports drama or is this actual yeah, professional like for the World Cup? It feels like a subreddit or like a community Facebook page. Like, Well, yeah, you're right. I guess the Reina should have gone on, on Reddit for the am I the bad guy yeah. for pointing out that, hey, his head coach had this thing happen 25 years ago and he's still holding it against my son for this. It's super messed up, and it once again, again shows you. I'm also still confused. I, I, you did your best, though. I did my best. Yeah. I did my best. At the end of the day, if I can go full uh, Matt Rule here. At the end of the day. At the end of the day. You want to know why U.S. men's national soccer continues to suck? Here you go. This is why. Politics, baby. Politics. Next up. (laughs) I was trying to think of a clever segue to Bobby Petrino and volleyball coaches and motorcycle accidents. We'll just leave it there. Bobby Petrino is going to be the new offensive coordinator for Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. <laughs> I, yes, that's a real thing. In, in 2023, Petrino had taken the OC job at UNLV. Instead, he'll be on his way to College Station to help out Jimbo Fisher's flaming tire fire of a rain with the Aggies. Meanwhile, Jim Hardball is either confused or not confused about what an interview is for a job. Yeah. But he did actually have a conversation with David Tepper. I don't know why we subsequently got the, you know, if I was offered a job. (laughs) If I was, I would take it. But we'll see what David Tepper, can he resist the shiny object? That's a good point. Keyshawn Johnson talked about that this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Max on this Tepper conversation with Jim Harbaugh and just how serious of a candidate he is for the Panthers gig. I don't think. The owner, Mr. Tepper, is saying that Steve Wilkes is not going to be the coach. He just had a conversation with Jim Harbaugh. And, you know, when you have a conversation with somebody, it it goes viral and people go crazy and all those sort of things. But I agree with you, obviously, Jay, the the coach is sitting right there. There's no reason to pursue another coach in the National Football League. The guy has shown you in a short period of time that he's probably the right answer because when you go chasing – Sometimes you chase the wrong thing. And I think when you have a lot of money, like the owner of the Panthers, he likes to throw his money around, so he doesn't really care. Uh, And I don't think he's doing his organization uh, any good service if he's out there scouring for a different coach when that coach should potentially be Steve Wilkes. So that is Keyshawn Johnson on Jim Harbaugh, interests, et cetera. I and we talked about this a good bit yesterday, Julio. I understand the appeal of Harbaugh. Harbaugh did take a 49ers team to the Super Bowl. Uh, there is some question as to what his level of control is going to be, what he wants. Uh, there is some question as to what his shelf life with NFL professionals would be versus college, where you're cycling through players all the time. You got the transfer portal and everything else. But I understand the appeal of Harbaugh. It's a flashy hire. There's a track record of success. He's one of the rare guys that's been able to operate in both the college ranks and the NFL ranks. That being said, 
I hope David Tepper learns a lesson and not to get caught up in a bidding war over the hot commodity that ended up blowing up in his face like it did for Matt Rule. Especially when you have somebody like Steve Wilkes who clearly wants the job and has shown an ability to get buy-in and work with what he's had. I think he's earned an opportunity in Carolina to see if he can win with a plan. As you've mentioned, getting the right play caller. What's the plan at quarterback rather than throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks like Matt Rule did or what we're seeing in Washington? I think Wilkes has not had that opportunity because his two coaching stints have been an interim role with the Panthers that was not set up to succeed, and they almost pulled it off with the NFC South. And then it was with the Arizona Cardinals, which with Josh Rosen clearly understood we're blowing all this out because we're going to try to get the package deal of Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, as we know, has not worked out, and that relationship seems strained. So really, when has Wilkes had an opportunity to really show you if he can coach an NFL team or not? I think he showed a hell of a lot in this time. And that if he doesn't get the Panthers gig, would it shock you if another team gives Steve Wilkes an opportunity, given what he's done with the Panthers? I don't know how much movement there. You know, there's always going to be movement so, in the there NFL. Is. There right? is. I mean, he clearly has this group's attention, and he has the ability to motivate this group. Part of coaching is getting a group to understand and believe in each other. He has shown he can do that. The other part of it is you have to have the right guy to work with your quarterback. You also have to have a plan at quarterback. And no, Matt Rule, a plan at quarterback is not, we're going to draft the next Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. because they just grow on trees. Sure. Next up. Number two. Sticking with the NFL, another serious topic, and that is the aftermath of Tamar Hamlin's cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football. All all updates seem to indicate incremental but positive developments for Hamlin. Um, now the questions are related to what happens next in the NFL. Week 18 is going to go on as scheduled right down to the two participants for Monday Night Football's game in Week 18 action. So you got Bills and Patriots, and you got Ravens and Bengals. Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, spoke to the media, and he described the moments on the field after the cardiac arrest. So as our team made it on the field, and you could see the reaction uh, of the players that were out there and how they were impacted, mostly their guys, a couple of our guys, you could, you could quickly see the seriousness of the nature that it was different than anything we'd experienced. And during those moments, uh, all everyone's hoping for is the best-case scenario with DeMar. No one's processing whether this game is going to be played or delayed. That, that's not going through anyone's mind. I, I've, seen the, I've seen the TV copies now, and everybody else was kind of forced to think that way because, because they're not down there in the moment. So people get a chance to process what's going to happen. That, that never crossed any of our minds. It was just, how is this player going to, going to be okay? That's Zach Taylor, Cincinnati head coach. He went on to talk about Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott when they met and discussed what McDermott had said and why things ended up going the way that they did on Monday Night Football. I won't disclose um, any of the private conversations Sean and I had except for this. When I got over there, uh, the first thing he said was, I need to be at the hospital tomorrow and I shouldn't be coaching this game. That, to me, provides all the clarity because there there was no – uh, unprecedented is the word that gets thrown out a lot about this situation because that's what it is. But in that moment, he really uh, showed who he was, that that all his focus was just on DeMar and being there for him, and being there for his family at the hospital. And, and at that point, um, I think everybody, everything trended in the, in the direction it needed to trend and the right decisions were made there. 
So that's Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. So what's next? Um, week 18 is going to happen, but what about the suspended game? Remember, it was suspended. Are they going to try to resume this game at some point? Because, Gilio, there is, you know, for the business of football, there are seeding and division implications for both the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, and we know how people cherish division titles and home field advantage. So I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, they're going to have to sort this out, and they have some time. They have a little leeway in the schedule to do that as well between the um, open date between the wild card round, and also you have an open date between the Super Bowl, the uh, the championship round, the, and the conference championship round, and the Super Bowl. So they have some wiggle room. They probably will have to get creative there. There's no doubt about that. But mostly, I think you just you try to compare apples to apples here. So when you when you you want to compare the Bengals and Ravens, fine. Go by the division record. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bills and the Bengals, that's not a division game. You want to look at you know the, the conference overall. You want to compare the Bills and the um, Chiefs? Fine. Go by the conference games. You know, there, There's ways to do this. You can also use point differential, which is built into the, um, the NFL tiebreak system as well. There's ways to do this without having to play that game because, quite honestly, the game feels superfluous in terms of these are the two top teams in the league. Mm-hmm. You're going to see them again. It, it, I don't think it would make a lot of sense for them to play right before the playoffs yeah. in a game that might not necessarily mean that much. There's enough data, and as you mentioned, there are ways to break ties, yeah. sort out things instead of wins and losses. I think we understand the extraordinary nature of what happened on Monday Night Football. That Yeah, there's an exception to every rule. Just you yeah, can move, use your brain here. You can move past that. Yeah. And I think people will understand. Yeah. I, I truly think that people will understand. I chuckle because as serious as this is, mm-hmm. you do know one thing that this has created, right? I do not. A crazy logjam of fantasy football playoff problems. Because everybody starts Josh Allen, who right. has Josh Allen. Everybody starts... Joe Burrow, who's got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Like, I just saw a press release from something called, like, the International Fantasy Football Foundation about what they're trying to do here in terms of fantasy implications. I know how far down the list that is for you. I understand that. Oh, well. I understand that. (laughs) I Honestly, I, I get there's a lot of money involved. I'm just, I'm just I get say, that. I get that. There's a lot of money involved. I'm just saying it's 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 kind of crazy but when you get all the way down to that portion of the program, and you're like, well, wait a second, who doesn't have Josh Allen, right? I mean, this isn't like somebody who started Taylor Heineke on a whim, right? Oh well, I guess you you should have taken out fantasy football insurance. Insurance. There you go. Next up. The number one exist? story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. It doesn't one. blackjack. I mean, you might and as well if it doesn't exist, should we start it? Yes, we should. All right, let's start it. Let's start up a fantasy football insurance company. NC State, Duke, Carolina, Wake Forest. The Big Four is back for one night, one night only. It is. There are implications tonight. We'll discuss next. Career-driven individuals ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info sps. Your journey begins here. 
So tonight, PNC Arena, you got Duke and NC State. Over in Chapel Hill, you got North Carolina and Wake Forest. The Big Four tournament is back for one night and one night only. Um, I'll say this for both, for all four teams, they're all in an element of show me at this point as we get really into the meat of the conference slate. NC State of all four teams has the biggest implications because they need to beat Duke. They've done it at PNC Arena plenty of times. A lot of NC State teams have shocked the world beating a Duke squad at PNC Arena. This is a Duke team that I don't think understands what it is quite yet for a variety of reasons. I know they play defense really, really well. And the reason why I like Duke tonight, Joe, is because NC State's easy to figure out. Can you jam up Terquavion Smith tonight? Well, then your chances of being able to beat NC State without a great offensive performance from your key guys is likely to happen. Also, NC State's not a great defensive team. No, they're not. So they can they can get points, and it's been a problem for Duke getting the points where they need them. Just being healthy has been Duke's problem. I mm-hmm. mean, John Shire in year one has had to scramble, and he's shown a pretty good ability to scramble so far. He's used to it. Remember, he had to scramble when his coach, his uh, his head coach, got sick too. He had to go in there and a half. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Steve Forbes, who says he has a what a one and one and a half record. Yeah against uh, John Shire at this point. So NC State needs tonight because they don't have anything on their resume that would make them an NCAA tournament team. It's also a rare Q1 game for them this year. Yes. There's only three teams that you could play on your home floor this year, and NC State only plays two of them in in Duke and Carolina. But that's a larger issue for the ACC in general. This is yet another season of ACC basketball, similar to last year, where the non-conference slate and the output created bad numbers, which will now feed into each other when these teams play each other. Wake Forest has done what NC State hasn't been able to do so far in conference play, and that is notch some decent wins. And what they could what they couldn't do last year, Wake yeah. Forest. You know, there's a lot of similarities between Wake Forest last year and Kevin Keats' second team in twenty nineteen that ended up in the NIT. And you know, you bring this back to Kevin. This is year six, made the NCAA tournament his first year. Yeah. Which included a home win over Duke, by the way. Next year, NIT because of that strength of schedule. Twenty twenty. I'll argue to the end of my life that you. they would have been in the tournament that I'm with year, you. but it was canceled. They didn't make the tournament. 21, there's a pandemic. They end up in the NIT. Fell apart. Last year, he lost more games than any team in the history of NC State basketball. Mm-hmm. That's not good. This was the year. Made, made made some good changes on his staff. This was a year that they needed to come back and get back to the NCAA tournament. I don't see a realistic path for NC State to the NCAA tournament that does not include a win tonight at PNC Arena. I feel like Carolina is the easiest team to talk about. And they will be for the rest of the year unless something strange happens with Puff Johnson mm-hmm. or another one of their um, satellite kind of players. I'm a, uh, I'm a big fan of the Twitter account, Dagum Box Wars. Yeah, does, Chris does a great job. Chris, Chris does a really, really good job getting into nitty-gritty of UNC hoops. And, you know, you talk about Puff Johnson, things like that. Yeah. Well, well, based on how... Based on how Hubert Davis runs things, no. I mean, right. you, you basically have your three guys. Armando Baycott, R.J. Davis, Caleb Love have to play all on the same level. And what happened against Pitt? Because Carolina's issue is defensive, in my book. They're not a good defensive team. I don't, I don't think they're a good defensive team. Mm-hmm. And you've seen them, when they've found themselves in trouble... The body language isn't great. I mean, heck, I love hearing Eric Montross on the Carolina broadcast just be like, guys, this is not like acceptable. But they can overcome that if they can fill it up when Caleb Love is ha- making ridiculous plays, uh, when R.J. Davis can just fill it up from three like he did in the um, – off the top of my head, what game was that? That was the um, 
Well, Ohio the State, it, Michigan are two, Ohio, big, they're two the, big wins. They're, they're, they're two big wins. The, it was the Michigan game mm-hmm. where he was filling it up. And Armando Baycott, healthy, is doing what he's supposed to be doing. But if any of those three guys has a little bit of an off night, what yeah. happens? What happened with Caleb Love against Pitt? Seven points. It's not going to work. And defensively, Pitt was able to take it to him, yeah. and they won the game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're in dire straits defensively. I think that's one thing that can be fixed for them. We saw that last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they really they really turned a corner when they started to play better defense. Hey, I, look, Leaky Black is their most versatile sure. player. I'll be curious to see what they do tonight against Wake Forest. But again, North Carolina is super easy to discuss. Are your key guys being your key yeah. guys? Okay. Chances are you're going to win a game. Boop. Done. Edit that. Print it. Put it on YouTube. Repeat it every time Carolina plays. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at The designery.com sometimes joe um there are there are anniversaries that make us go geez we're old we've been doing this way too dang long so with nc state and duke in action tonight at pnc arena there's always something crazy that happens between the blue devils and the wolf pack and we got into this argument like was it the butt slap that was 10 years ago was it roll pack sure enough it was roll pack we'll prove it joins us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Will, what's going on, man? It's been 10 years since you stormed the court and C.J. Leslie pulled you out of that mess, man. It, it, it has been. You know, I've been waiting for, for the athletic team to, to um, have me on the court that day uh, for the anniversary, but ha- I guess they lost my phone number or something. <laughs> they, you know, they did the 83 team earlier the year. I thought, hey, you know what? Why not? Listen, well, we need we need new things at NC State to celebrate. So that's what we're trying to do here. I can't believe it has been ten years. I'm looking at this box score. What do you remember uh, before you had stormed the court? What do you remember about that game? And and I know CJ Leslie is the one who helped you get back to your chair, reunite with your chair. But what do you remember about the actual game? Yeah, so it was a noon game. I do remember that it was a noon game. Uh, luckily for for me, um, I had kind of an assigned seat um, at what I dub uh privet's perch over there with the little little platform so i didn't have to get in line with all the students uh which was always a nice luxury to have so i picked up my uh, my best friend kyle who who is a duke fan i would let him to go to the duke games with me as a student and he's actually going with me tonight but nice. um nice. we got there i was excited i thought we had a chance and um during the whole thing it was just like this this might actually happen we might beat the, uh, the number one team, and of course we did. So it was it was just a fun atmosphere. That's really what I remember the most of. Now, so people are clear, this is the, the 12, 13 season. So this is the one where State started the year in the top 10. Mm-hmm. They got mushed by OK State in Puerto Rico. This season really was never the same after that because the previous year they went to the Sweet 16 and they had all these hopes, all these dreams. This actually turned out to be the highlight of that year was this win over an unbeaten and number one, Duke. C.J. Leslie with 25 points in that game. Uh, Calvin, as Mark Confrey liked to call him. He did. He, he, he was kind of to his own. Uh, he is definitely an individual, a unique individual. What was it like doing some of the – I think you guys did a, the, the Today they Show the today together show. Uh, afterwards. What was your what was your interactions with, with uh, C.J. like? 
Yeah, it, that that was a fun experience. We were at the Dale Center. We had to get there like five in the morning, which as a regular college student, that was not my uh, my normal wake up time. Um, but we got there and we just had fun just messing around. Um, we did some did that. But then we also did for when ESPN came, um, we did a shoot for them at, at the Dale Center. So I got got a lot of time there. And um, CJ was just a cool kid, you know, cool local kid, obviously from from Holly Springs. And uh, it was just fun getting to know him. And he enjoyed um, just being being in the spotlight a little bit. I'm, you know, he is, like you said, keeps to himself. So maybe he was a little uncomfortable. I enjoyed it at least. <laughs> I, don't th- <laughs> I don't think I've ever told you the story, Will. You, but this, when you guys were waiting and doing the Today Show thing, it, it, CJ was infamous for not wanting to do anything with media. Okay. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to play the games. He actually just wanted to ride his ATV or whatever he was into at the time. And he did not like me in particular. His mom didn't like me. He didn't like me. It was a whole thing. So that day, they're like, okay, we're going to get – he's going to go on the Today Show. We're going to talk – he's, he's going to come out and talk to you guys. So while we're waiting for, like, TV to get it set up, mm-hmm. T- CJ has two different cell phones, okay? Yes, I remember that. And I'm sitting here, and I'm going – I'm looking at it, and I'm, you know, I'm looking at him, and I go, CJ – how do you keep these two phones straight? And he says, it's easy. It's not, it's not that hard. I go, well, I, I wouldn't be able to do that, CJ. I, I'm a one-phone kind of guy. And he goes, my favorite line that anyone's ever said to me from a player who I didn't particularly have a great relationship with. He goes, you and me, we ain't the same. <laughs> <laughs> and without missing a beat, I said, I said to him, I go, CJ, Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> Will Privet joining us uh, with NC State and Duke tonight. We we got into this like, wait a minute, when did that happen again? And yeah, Roll Pack happened ten years ago. Amusingly enough, I went through. Uh, I, well, I occasionally go through um, attic purges. Like, why did I keep this? Why do I have this? This can go to the thrift store, etc. You know what I pulled out? I pulled out a Roll Pack t-shirt. I was going to say, please tell me you didn't get rid of your Roll Pack I did not get rid of the Roll Pack t-shirt. It's right next to my Doherty's Disciple shirt. I keep these things for posterity's sake. Anyway, the point is, there are... you were ahead of the curve, man. Now you got breaking tea. You know, something happened. Something happens. Something happens and there's a t-shirt within 24 hours, if that, over some event. You had t-shirts with roll pack ready to go for the next game, and everybody rocked them. I mean, every, I'm sure I'm sure of that era, there are a lot of people who have a roll pack shirt somewhere in their house. It, it was it was really a whirlwind. Um, Aaron Picard, he kind of came up with that logo. He was a student at State, kind of came up with it on the fly, and it just kind of took off. And I remember going through emails with the NC State, with the university, trying to coordinate this. Mm-hmm. Now, looking back at it, I really wish we could have gotten something with Adidas at the time, but hey, we'll, we'll take what we can get. But um, the, the best thing about that, though, Joe, is um, we did raise money for that. You know, part yes. of the went to We Connect Now, which is a student organization at NC State um, helping people. So I think it was over three grand that that uh, was raised. So that, that was pretty cool. And Very just cool. Being part of it, uh, getting a t-shirt um, and that doesn't fit anymore, but you know, we'll, we'll hang on the wall. 10 years, Will. Yeah, I got dude, nothing that's yeah, fitting me for I, I 10 years ago, buddy. I don't, got nothing. Trust don't me. Don't sweat that. <laughs> I was like, I, I looked at it, I'm like, a medium? Why the hell did I have a medium? That's yeah, dumb. Same. Same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, before we let you go, and we appreciate the time, uh, we, we, we did bring up the Mark Godfrey butt slap of Mike Krzyzewski that actually happened in 2015, another one of these crazy, weird NC State Duke at PNC stories. I know you're biased. You're your moment bigger than the butt slap, right? 
So, so you know, there's there's two moments uh, from the Mark Godfrey area of Mark Godfrey that I remember the best. And one was the butt slap, and two was his pregame speech uh, before they went to the Sweet 16. Oh, I go, it's a plane whenever, waiting for us. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. amazing. And I, whenever I'm down, I go and watch that just to hype myself up on YouTube. But as someone that worked in Major League Baseball and has been around baseball for, for a very long time, um, we are fond of the butt slap. So, I, I mean – it was a great moment, and uh, Coach K took it in stride. Uh, you know, <laughs> did he though? <laughs> There's a plane waiting for you to yeah. take you to St. Louis. There's a hotel waiting for you, Will. There's a game. There's a There's game. There's a game waiting for you. Yeah, God, that's awesome. It's, it's a lot great. better than bite the damn tire. But yeah, yeah, yeah he lost we, it by we the end. We talk about that. <laughs> Will Privet, we appreciate it, man. And uh, roll pack, guys. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Take care. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org.